No Simple Road is stoked to have Sunset Lake CBD back with us as our sponsor. Sunset Lake is the real deal. If you've looked around trying to find CBD and it just didn't do what it was supposed to do, this is the place you need to go. They've got every kind of product you can imagine, including CBD tinctures with sleep gummies that are great for getting to bed, CBD gummy bears and reishi infused chews that can help bring you a little bit of calm in a stressful day. They've got salve. They've got smokable hemp flower that's great for folks like me that don't want to get stoned and paranoid, but want to have the benefits of cannabis. Well, now you got it. And they even carry CBD products for your pets, man. I'm saying this is Darwin approved stuff. Go over to sunsetlakecbd.com and check out the full range of what they have. This is Vermont grown right to your door and they're giving you 20% off. So put in the promo code NSR20 when you're checking out. You're going to get 20% off your whole order. And I know you're going to love it. They even have subscription options open for you. So you don't forget to get your medicine. Go check out Sunset Lake CBD, everybody. Have you ever listened to fish? Out of a fish? That you got from electric fish lights? Shit! All right. Electric Fish Lights is now a proud sponsor of No Simple Road, and we are proud to have them. Okay, so check this out. Think of shapes. Think of little interlocking quadrilaterals. That's what this is. IQ technology. It's a system made of 30 interlocking pieces that can be configured into 15 different shapes, and when you add more pieces, the shapes are endless. Endless. Wow. So if you think of a design... There, they can build it for you most 90% of the time. So, you choose your shape, size, and the color, and all the lamps come fully assembled and are ready to be plugged in when they get there. How about do you like art? I love art. Do you like light? I like light. I this, love light. This is where, I have a love this light. Is where love it's light. at. <laughs> what? This is where it's at. This is where it's you at. You can have a beautiful <laughs> romantic setting on like a purple setting with that little light bulb glowing behind you. And create the most intimate, beautiful mood for a proposal, for some sexy night, or if you want to get movie groovy. night, if you want to get groovy, you got those flashlights. But go ahead, babe. Yeah, no. It's so, what's really cool about these things is it's a hundred percent upcycled. They're made from recycled plastic from like milk jugs and stuff like yeah. that, and they come with a twelve foot cord, a twelve year energy efficient, safe to leave on LED light bulb, and a hardware kit to hang a light. So they don't. <laughs> They don't leave you hanging. <laughs> Get it? Wow. Whoa. That was good. It's good for the easy up at a festival. Actually, they do leave you hanging. They leave you hanging. <laughs> yeah. You can use them outdoors, and they do custom designs, like I said in the beginning. So you give them the idea, and he will try and work it out for you. Check out their Instagram, at Electric Fish Lights, and they also have a new website, www.electricfishlights. You can see some of the ideas that are up up there. It's pretty awesome. And... For the No Simple Road family, when you check out on the website, you enter the promo code NSR and you get 10% off. And check this out. Any NSR family member that orders a light with the color changing upgrade, which, which you, you want. Definitely which you want. want. Which you definitely want. Color keep changing. Yes. That's what you need. You totally you need want the drama. <laughs> yeah, you would be bummed out. Like you what would. Mel just was describing, like you want to go funky. All You need the upgrade to do all yeah, the different do. mood sets. So it's worth it. 
but it's even more worth it because any NSR family member that orders a light with the color changing upgrade will receive a limited edition it's limited special edition. promotional no simple road print that was a collaboration between my art and electric fish lights so it manifested out of the ether and came to be and you can only get them if you get the color changing upgrade at electric fish lights so check and them out and they are so dope with the lights those posters that he created we, we for us a, let's do a photo shoot with our lights okay okay electricfishlights.com and at electricfishlights on Instagram. Support the No Simple Road family, folks. Hey. Hey, Apple. How you doing? I'm doing all right, man. How you doing, buddy? You know why I'm doing all right? Why are you doing you all right? You want to guess why? Why? No, I because don't guess. one of our proud oh. sponsors, Define Premium Cannabis, ooh, 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 ooh. provides this household with yes, all of our Define do. Premium Define. Cannabis. Thank you and very needs. much. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. So, <laughs> so we have two locations in the Portland area, one in Hillsboro, one in Forest Grove. And if you need to get any of your topicals, edibles, vapables, dabbables, flour, which to me is where it's at. Some of those are where it's at, Apple. Yeah, the oh topicals are amazing. Yes. They, they, I mean, not just do they, it's not just a lotion with THC no. in it. It's no, very it's specially crafted lotions with essential oils, all kinds of things on top of the medicine. So if you're confused or if you're not confused, <laughs> both confused and unconfused people, come visit us. We will unconfuse you if you are. And if so you know what you want, then you come in and we will take care of you. And if you Do go we get to the, any special deal if we go there? Well, if Absolutely. you go to the location in Hillsborough, Apple will come out of the back dressed as a sheriff from the Old West with a lasso. Okay. And he will actually lasso the product that is best for you. He will do that. And if you tell Sheriff Apple that you are part of the No Simple Road family, you'll get 10% off your purchase and a free T-shirt. A free T-shirt, yeah. So, two locations in the <laughs> Portland area to serve you. One in Hillsboro, one in Forest Grove. Define premium cannabis. Take, Take care, care of, of your, your head. head. You know, when live music comes back, I don't want to roll into that first show wearing some old tattered <laughs> bullshit. Last, tea, last year, been laying around, you know, in. 2010 <laughs> tour. So no, what would you do? I would go to shoptourbus.com shop online or at shoptourbus on Instagram. And I would hook myself up with one of those Grateful Dead inspired t-shirts. Like or Lazy Lightning. Yeah, Lazy or Lightning, Steal Your Tape, the uh, Bird Song, Mount, Blue Light Cheap uh, Hotel, Fire on the mountain. I could I could roll all yeah. day with them. But you know what? Don't take my word Jenica. for it. Go check them out. <laughs> Go check them out. <laughs> at Shop Tour Bus on Instagram is the best place to look at what's going on over there. And you know what? They're taking care of the No Simple Road family because when you check out, if you put in the promo code No Simple Road, you get free, free shipping. shipping. That's right. Free shipping for this little hand design box that's beautifully and intentionally designed full of all kinds of wonderful surprises, including whatever you happen to order, and a real live bootleg that will bring you joy, happiness, peace, and serenity in a time where it's badly needed. So go to at ShopTourBus on Instagram or ShopTourBus.com online and get more than you bargain for. No Simple Road is part of Osiris Media, and Osiris Media is doing amazing things. One of those amazing things, you guys, Eric Krasno has a podcast on Osiris Media. It's yes, he does, it's and it's pretty good. Eric Krasno Plus One, and episode 11 is out now with the one, the only Quest, Quest Love. Love. And 
what did you just say before I turned on the mic, Apple? Questlove oh. is a fan. Yeah, is a is a with fan a of Trey. Yeah, yeah, the pH of Fish and Trey. I, I was uh, Russ Lawton, the drummer from Trey Anastasia Band, that we just interviewed yesterday. Solimond was was uh, he's a fan of theirs and of Russ Lawton's. Oh, I read wow. in a little bit of research. So if you want Quest Love is dope. Everybody love you. How could you not love Quest Love? Right. That smile. He's one of those people that has that First smile. All, that name is all you got to say. Yeah, that's Quest it. Quest Love. So if you want to check that out, and because you're everybody, and everybody loves Quest Love, and everybody listening to the show probably really loves Eric Krasno, that's a lot of love. So go check it out. <laughs> Eric Krasno plus one on Osiris Media. Hey everyone, Chris Pandolfi from the infamous String Dusters here to let you know that my podcast Inside the Musician's Brain is back on the airwaves for season four, which means it's time once again to get deep with influential musicians from all across the musical landscape to really understand and translate the lessons of success, failure, inspiration, and hard work that are behind the music and the artists that we love. My guests this season include Rachel Price from Lake Street Dives, Sam Bush, Chris Wood, Chris Funk from The Decemberists, Lindsay Liu, MC Taylor from His Golden Messenger, and more. Check us out, and thanks for listening. We're so excited to tell you a bit about today's sponsor, Music Masters Collective. They are a nonprofit organization that produces unique music events, providing opportunities for fans and artists to meet and collaborate in an inspired and creative atmosphere. Music Masters Collective events give you the opportunity to learn from world-class musicians like Otil Burbridge, Steve Earle, Richard Thompson, former members of the band, the Mel Carton Kids, Nikki Glaspie, the Fab Foe, and Sean Colvin, and so many more. At an event like the Milk Carton Kids Sad Song Summer Camp, happening this July, you can expect immersive classes, evenings of entertainment, excellent food, and a space for a lucky group of folks to learn, co-write, workshop, and perform with like-minded peers, all with the guidance of Kenneth Pattengale, Joey Ryan, and some of their favorite songwriters. This all-inclusive week in the Catskill Mountains of upstate New York is guaranteed to be magical. Scholarships are available and spots are extremely limited. So visit www.sadsongsummercamp.com forward slash simple to learn more. That's www.sadsongsummercamp.com forward slash simple. Check it out. Apple, ask for tea and he farts <laughs> upon that. No, that. no, it wasn't me. Hey now, no oh. Road family, welcome to the dining room today. This is what's happening. Damn it, Darwin. <laughs> wow. All right, you guys. Oh, I hope everybody's strapped in and ready for a really, really cool interview. This week's guest is the one and only... Billy, Billy Strings. Strings. Notice I didn't say anything because I knew you guys were going to go for it. And well, at least I have to do it because I wasn't even here for that interview. Yeah, 
Yeah, this one, this is a little over a month ago. This was two days yeah. before my birthday on May 24th that we did this, and Mel was down in Vegas yeah. With, yeah. With, dealing with dealing family with things. But we got to talk to Billy and made another friend of the show and had a really intense, cool conversation. I, I think the thing I walked away from this interview with more than anything is a deep respect for the person that that Billy is. Like, yeah. For such a young guy, he's lived multiple lifetimes. Yeah. That's a very old soul in that. I feel like that's happening more and more with these young uh younger generation that they go through a lot by the time they're 25. That's true. It's it is true. I've seen that a lot. I wonder what that is. It's time just feels like it's, I don't want to say sped up, but like keeps on slipping. It feels like more can happen. Well, there's a lot more information being put into you nowadays too. That's true, man. There's a a lot lot more information out there available at your fingertips and through just, there's a lot more people. There's a lot more older, older people, you know, population getting bigger. There's more influence and this, you'll hear a lot in this interview, he has a very deep respect for himself, his fans, and his elders, and yeah. just a lot of respect. From well, hanging out with those old bluegrass cats, those guys are steeped in tradition and and that old school mentality of respect. And so for him to be taken under their wing, it has to rub off because those are the people that you're looking up to yeah. that you want to be like when you're younger. And so it, it shows that it's, it, it created this wonderful human being that with this depth of personality and insight that I was not, I guess I didn't expect anything. I didn't know that no Billy, but I was completely blown away at the, when it was over, I think this is one of those episodes at the end. I was like, I'm not going to ruin this by saying anything else. We're just done. Like it was just over. Cause I was stunned by the person. And the other thing that tripped me out is he feels like he still wants to be a better guitar player. Yeah. Well, how that, is that? Well, I, because then what, if you don't want to, <laughs> yeah, well, we've talked to a lot okay, of musicians I'm that the say best. they're still learning because once you, once well, you're then, done learning and then, yeah. what? then there's nothing to go toward, I, I don't mean, go for I, I, or build to, or I don't mean it like that. I mean, like, I guess if I could play like that, I would feel like I made it. You would accomplish. Yeah, I had if you could play me. like that, you'd feel the way he felt. That's uh, so, okay. There would always be That's more true. to learn. And exactly. The more you learn, it's like people are like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> people have said this. Twenty-two years. Like when I was in Vegas, I heard this a lot. Don't you get bored? The same thing. And I'm like, but twenty-two years. There's so much opportunity to have different in 22 years you know what I mean it's never the same thing so I'm always learning stuff about you you're always learning stuff about me we have new experiences we can become grandparents all this stuff you're not the same people you were 22 years ago or five so then the music it builds on what you've learned and so it's what you've learned plus what's introduced what you're being introduced to maybe you've never been influenced by like you know you know uh I don't know like electronica 
you were always bluegrass. And then all of a sudden you're like, whoa, now you have a whole new thing to learn. So, well, I, I feel like that what you're talking about, the influence thing in relationship to Billy, mm-hmm. I feel like Billy Strings music is in a category all by itself. It's different than any other bluegrass, jamgrass, newgrass, blahgrass, whatever. It's different than any of that. Yeah. And and it's because of the influences that are peculiar and particular to him and what has come out of him based on his life experience, the people that he's been around, and that all put together. And I guess that's true for all musicians, but all musicians don't create a genre. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes. A new style. Yes. And that that is the... The there's a lot of them out there, but yeah, you're yeah. right. There's not, there's not a lot. Mm-mm. And that's why I think Billy has, um, the fire around him is so large. Why so many people are jumping on the Billy Strings bus and love that so much is because it's something new and different. And to see somebody like, like I said in the beginning, to see somebody so young that's so put together that gets gets it good to see young talent he's a wizard i i love yeah. that and young it's genuine fresh talent and truth it's truth genuine it's yeah yeah it's yeah I'm, I'm actually looking forward to listening to the interview because i just got a sneak peek but this was I really good and we met me and aaron both obviously missed you but when we were done we were we felt it was like we felt almost kind of like Remember that? I was like, I feel kind of guilty. Yeah. <laughs> we had a fantastic interview with a great guest without yeah. Melanie. It's but like going it, out know, to a fantastic meal without Mel. Like, yeah. oh, Mel well, didn't there get was to be a, here. You know, it was a lot going uh, on. Well, and, yeah, my, we yeah. said that is at the end You're of this, too. We'll be talking yeah. to Billy again. Yeah. We're inviting him back on when we're all present and when things get kicking again. Yeah, man. And that that was one of the other things, too, is just hearing his the way that he is about playing live and the way that he pictures things and sees things while he's playing and who he's focusing on and all that is really amazing. And Billy, man, thanks for coming on the show. It was a, an honor for us and super cool to meet. Great you, man. conversation. Yeah. I think one more thing we should add that this was going to go out on father's day, but with all that, there's just, you know, everything's so crazy lately. Last weekend we had a celebration for Simon's graduation, father's day. We were going to release this for father's day. You'll hear and hear why his deep admiration for his father is just amazing. Yeah. Yep. And you'll hear all about that. Yeah. In this. So we're going to do the business. Follow us on Instagram at no simple road and on Facebook at No Simple Road. Check it out, you guys. Go go on Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. I, I don't yeah. think anybody did that last week, and I put out the call. And you know what, man? Come beep, on. Beep, beep, Come on. Beep, I'm, beep, I'm putting out beep, the... Beep, yeah, beep, there it is. Beep, Do it one more satellite. Beep, beep, there. <laughs> Mel's putting out the beep, beep, beep. Cute little satellite. <laughs> Look. Please. And please, if you can't figure out how to do it, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break it down for you Uh-oh. real quick. Uh-oh. Oh. Wait, did hold I, on. Am I telling lies? We are talking shit. What? We got two. Whoa. Whoa. Okay. We got two. All right. I take it all back. Okay. okay. I, I don't know how to reverse that. That's me so reversing the, yeah. my speech. Well, we, we hadn't looked in our in our haste recently. Our so uh, <laughs> Haste makes waste. All right. The first one is from Kane Us Funk. All right. Uh, it says D.H., Great interviews and chill vibe. This podcast has quickly become one of my favorites. Oh, 
quickly. Oh, shucks. Canis Funk. I think that's what it is. Ooh, what well, thank you. Yeah. Canis Funk. That, right? Canis Appreciate And this that. was from Wednesday. And then we got another one on Wednesday as well. Whoa. From Moth Mouth. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Those are the moths coming The out. title is Part of the Family. I just got turned on to this podcast a few weeks ago. I've probably listened to about 30 episodes Holy already. shit. There's never a dull moment. All the stories are so relatable and intriguing, even from the guests I've never heard of. They really make it feel like you're right there on the porch with them. Mm. Yay. Yeah. Thank, you. Thank you, Moth Mouth. Mouth. Canis Funk. <laughs> Canis yeah, Funk. well, we hadn't had one in a bit since April, Aww, so we got you guys, two. You guys, thank you for heeding the call, everybody. That made me feel better. Uh, yeah, the the beep, beep, beep is still out there, though. Don't slow down. Keep that train going, man. We need we need one for, for awesome. the beginning of July. And oh, okay, come on. <laughs> come yeah. on. Um, what? Come on what? Where am I going? Um... Come on. Come on. <laughs> That's gross, Apple. Come on, come on, come on. So after you've left your review, you know what you could do? You can go to patreon.com forward slash no simple road. That is how the no simple road family takes care of itself. Puts fuel in the tank. Yep. Airs the tires up. All right. If you're new to the show, this is the first episode you've ever listened to. Here's the spiel. All right. Our summer got canceled with everything else. Everybody else's summer got canceled. Our There's no shows. Year. There's no festivals. It ain't happening. That is how No Simple Road takes care of itself at this time of the year. So we need your help. You can go to patreon.com forward slash No Simple Road and pledge a buck a month or two bucks a month. And that is how we are going to continue to keep bringing you interviews like Billy Strings and Dave Schools. I feel like it's and more Mark supporting. Levy. Supporting the show. Supporting you like the show. You you're yeah. listening to the show. You maybe turn your friends on to it. Then they end up liking the show. You know, a bunch of people that listen to the show. And it'd be and just right to no be. called the Simple Road family. Yeah, now it's family, exactly. And it's just cool to support your fams. Aww. And that's how I feel about it. Like, yeah, when you guys send in your the monthly, you know, uh, Patreon what do we do? Okay, we pay for whatever our hosting, do whatever our stuff we're going to do. And we figure out what No Simple Road is going to do. Like we're trying to come up with, like Aaron said, everything got canceled. So what what's No Simple Road going to do about it? Right. And so we're just, you know, that's what we're doing. It, it allows us to be able to think about what's going on and where to best channel our energy and the love that you guys show us monetarily. And it's a connection that we make an energetic exchange. We put our voices out into the cosmos for you guys to download and then transmit into your ears. Which and then you're strange. giving some energy back to us in the form of ones and zeros in an account. And we can keep doing the show and the community grows and we can help each other and support each other. So that's patreon.com forward slash no simple road. And remember to use the hashtag no simple road when you're on Instagram, because that's how we can how see we each know. other and how we know. Yeah, how Patrick, we know what's, what's I kicking. have your um, art piece ready to be mailed out soon. So, um, so thanks for being patient. And yeah, you will get that very shortly. You know, that's something that I never bring up is each Patreon tier. There's a one dollar, five dollar, ten, twenty, fifty, and a hundred dollar tiers on on Patreon, and each or whatever you decide to make up or goes. or whatever. But in those tiers, there's 
prizes, not prizes. What are they? Um, rewards. Rewards, yeah, that you get. And f- one of them is a collage by Mel. Uh, one of them is a guest hosting spot on the show. One of them is a surprise gift bag. One of them, you know, so go check it out. I mean, it's it's like we said, it's supporting the family mm-hmm. and you get something out of it and it's cool, man. It's fun. Yeah, I put a lot of love into it. Those those collages are badass. They are. They're amazing. The one that you made me sits. It's beautiful. They're very personal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they are. So, guys, you know what? I think we should get them to the interview. What do you think? Let's do I it. I think so. I they think deserve everybody it. Everybody will enjoy this. I want to I hear it, so we should definitely get on with it. <laughs> We're going to get on with the show so Mel can, can hear <laughs> Billy Strange. So I can download it and listen. <laughs> <laughs> one last thing. Hang on. i got to clear my throat. <clears> throat. Sorry. Well, your throat's all clear. <laughs> it's great, isn't it? You can't even see I it anymore. Clearly see your nuts, right? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Whoa, sorry, wouldn't be the first time. Anyway, um, whoa, wow. where, what's going on? Yeah, that... I want to ask you guys to do something. <laughs> Check it out. I haven't ever said this before, and I I've thought about this, and every week at the end of the business, I'm like, damn it, I forgot again, and I was I a thousand times I was going to cut it in, and I never did. We're trying to grow No Simple Road. We are growing No Simple Road. And we're also growing the No Simple Road family. And one way you can help us do that besides Patreon, besides using hashtags, besides going to the website and buying merch, all that stuff, is by telling one person that doesn't know... Why are you about, hitting the table? One person that doesn't know about No Simple Road. About No Simple Road. You can help grow the show just by spreading the word. So... Everybody out there knows somebody that hasn't heard No Simple Road. So this week, your homework assignment is to tell one person about your favorite episode of No Simple Road and have them listen to it. Or or what you think would be their favorite episode. Everybody, yeah. that's how I got my dad to let you. We've, done, we've done a lot of <laughs> interviews with authors, so comedians, all kinds. I'm sure somebody you know that hasn't heard the show would like one of the guests or something that we have done. So when pick I look that back out. at 158 or something nine around episodes, that's a lot of episodes. So, so there's got to be one in there that your friend that yeah. you're thinking of right now. Because when I said that, everybody out there was like, oh, yeah, I thought of Carl or Tina or whatever. That person, you know, one episode that they would dig. So please do that for us, you guys. I'm, I'm asking nicely because I love you. And you can help help somebody out. Yeah. If it's helping you, you know, that's what you do when you find something you love. Pass it on and get somebody else. You know, this cake is so good. I'm sure instead of a Netflix show, a little No Simple Road and Art Time would be a fun time. Whoa. Mel's got it hooked up right there. Yeah. No Simple Road and Art Time. Yeah. You put your your little podcast on and then you get all your art supplies supplies and your art supplies. (laughs) And then you sit, smoke a little, have a snack. Do your art. It's going to be a great time. All right. We're going to leave it at that. All right, you guys, you ready? Yeah, put Billy Strings on. Here it is. Here we go. Here's Without your time. further ado, the No Simple Road crew gives you Billy Strings. If I'm on the road for months and months, I'm going to wish I could just be home here getting some rest. If I'm here loafing around, not doing shit for months and months, I'm going, God. Damn, I wish I could get back on the road. What the fuck? What know? is that in us, man, that does that? <laughs> like, whatever we have, we want the opposite. If you got curly hair, you want fucking straight hair. If you're if you're fat, <laughs> you want to be skinny. If you, what is wrong with us, dude? We can't ever fucking be chill. Like, what is the problem? 
I don't know. I think we always need more, 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 more. Ugh, I yeah. don't know. I, yeah, I think it's hu- it's human nature to like, like. I mean, that's what keeps us going. If you're content, well, then there's you something just, to be like, said for being content, though. Yeah, man, at some point, but contention like, only oh, yeah. lasts for a minute, and then you're like on to the next thing. And well, land like <laughs> like right now, it's funny we've been talking, you know, with everything going on in the world. Uh, I forgot who it was. It was some comedian that was talking about that. He's like, I don't know about you guys, but. Before this all happened, there was nobody in my neighborhood that jogged. Now everybody is a jogger and everybody, you know, it's like once you tell us, you know, you can't go anywhere. It's like, I want to go everywhere because yeah. you told me I can't. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I've, I've just been, you know, home since the beginning of March pretty much except for to drive my cars around and uh, go to the parts store here and there. Other than that, that's it. I have been home yeah have you have you and been writing uh, or, or anything during it this time uh, a little bit i actually wrote a little i was like working on something this morning which is good as soon as i rolled out of bed i haven't to answer your question no um, <laughs> perfect <laughs> but but this morning i i rolled out of, rolled over in bed and woke up and i just grabbed my little ipad um you know and started writing this stuff and, uh, huh. Hmm. I don't really think too much of it yet, but sometimes those ones, you never know. Yeah. I, I, I feel like that with some of the conversations that we have, like while I'm in it and having it as soon as it's done, I'm like, I'm not sure if that was good. And then I'll listen back later. I'm like, okay, yeah, that, that went somewhere. All right. So yeah, it is sometimes the ones that you don't expect that'll sneak up on you. And I, I wonder too, man, like, when you're playing live in front of a crowd, does the energy of the songs change based on the people in the room for you? Like, like the meanings of the songs, do they alter and change based on how you're feeling the crowd? Yeah, I think the combination of how you're feeling in your life at that moment, like, you know, I don't know, a lot of times these shows, you're like, it's almost like if you're like playing sports or if you're like exercising or something like you're, you're really warmed up and you're in this like other kind of state almost. And so when I'm on stage, I'm like, I'm half there just like trying to focus and play the best music I can, mm-hmm. you know, but there's also this total energy that depending on the venue, you know, depending on how, the, if we're outdoors, the sunset or whatever, like you know, if we're in the mountains or how are the, the people is like 90% of that. I mean, we travel all over and we see, we go to different places and we can just feel different vibes. Like when we walk out onto a stage in Colorado, it's instantly, it's just like, holy shit. Like there's a lot of energy in here, you know, right. already. It's like th- these people are ready. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. You know, in Northern California, man, it's like that too a lot. It's like, holy shit, these people are getting down. Like, we haven't even played a note yet, and they're just like (laughs) rowdy as hell. And back home in Michigan, and yeah, there's like, there's these little pockets of, like, big groups of fans that, you know, especially, you know, Denver and and that whole area, man, it's just got a killer scene. Well, that's, that's a heady fucking place anyway. I mean... Yeah, totally. Yeah, and having all that, 
legal cannabis there and you know the yeah it's great everybody gets in a really you know it's in a great mood and it's like you can feel that you know when we're playing when we played at you know ogden theater for three nights or any of those theaters out there um fox and bluebird and all that and, and red rocks you know and um like playing there there's this huge energy that comes back from the crowd so yeah you're it, it puts a fire under uh, under your ass you know like right. my my whole thing when i'm up there is like directly looking out to people and trying to send notes at them and like trying to directly you know i, I think about it like i think about Sometimes I look way in the back and, you know, see, try to see people's faces and how they're reacting to the music. And, or maybe sometimes I'll lock on one guy who's just like, you know, everybody else is dancing and stuff, but this one guy's just standing there with his arms crossed, just like looking at me kind of funny. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, okay, like that's my guy. And I'm just going to send it to him until he breaks a smile. Or starts you know? dancing. Yeah. 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 Or something. And then, um, you know, and I think about, how it sounds coming out of the speakers. I think about, um, sometimes I picture the venue that I'm in from like, you know, uh, 50 feet up in the air, maybe right in the center of the venue, like from bird's eye view. Mm -hmm. What's it sound, what's it sound like up there? And whenever I play, I intend to send it there, you know, like, and and it's almost like a mental game. Like, no matter where I'm standing or which angle I'm at or where I'm looking or whatever, my guitar is going to sound the same, (laughs) but like, it's more of like a psyching myself out thing. Like I'm okay. I'm slinging this note way up there up top. Right. And just, and just thinking about that. And like, um, yeah. And you know, whenever you go off on some, in some jam or something and, you're in these improvisational moments where you don't know what the fuck's going on. You're kind of, uh, depending on the audience to help you through it by allowing you to be vulnerable and staying right there with you on the edge of their seats or on the end of the branch, if you will, just like ready to leap, you know, whenever you are. And it's like, you can, you can feel that there, even if you're, trying to figure something out or making your way through some phrase or something, you can see the people are intently paying attention and that helps you make it to the finish line of whatever idea you are trying to, you know, pull off. Right. That's, that's the thing that sucked me in to the Grateful Dead world at 18 years old was exactly what you're talking about, man. And it, it was weird for me because like, you know, going to a dead show with no frame of reference on 10 hits of good liquid acid and walking in and, and experiencing the magic that you're talking about, because that's, that is magic, Billy. That is the magic of live music and improvisation. There's, there's a spirit created there. That thing is alive in that moment that only exists right there in that second. And if you've never been in that before, when you're faced with it for the first time, it strips you of yourself. You're faced with yourself. You're that guy standing there with your arms crossed, afraid to dance and not cracking a smile. But when that magic finds you and it hits you the right way, it breaks every part of you open and you start pouring yourself out. And my trip was I would go and and experience it and then 
talk myself out of that it actually fucking happened afterwards. <laughs> I'd be like, that shit, that couldn't have been real. That was just me high. Like, no, that wasn't, you know, that didn't happen. Like, d- did you ever go through a time when you would feel that shit coming on like that and, and be spinning that energy up and be like, maybe I'm fooling myself or this isn't really happening. Did you ever go through any of that? No, I don't think so. I think it's more like a, for me, music is a lot about just intention, you know, or playing music is about intention for me. It's like, um, I don't know. Sometimes I even try to play stuff that maybe is out of my league or something, or like I go for stuff that I, you know, I'll fall flat on my face trying something that I thought might sound cool. Yeah. I, I um, heard uh, Mickey Hart talking today on a podcast and he said exactly what you just said. Um, he was like, you know, improv is all about taking risk and being willing to fail. Yeah, and sometimes when it does work, it's just, that's when it, you know, and it depends on so many different variables. I mean, you got however many guys on stage, okay, mm-hmm. each one of them. Right. How did they sleep last night? How long has it been since they've talked to their mother on the phone? Was it a good or bad conversation? How, it, you know, is how was sound check? How was, you know, and all these, all this little shit that, you know, like how long did, you know, were we on the bus last night? You know, did we get any sleep or whatever? Like, you know, and how, what's the sound like at the venue? Does it suck or is it great? Right. You know, sometimes you just like, you know, sometimes like sound check is like, Oh, this is not going to be good. And then the show is great. Or sometimes sound checks like, Oh man, it just sounds so crisp in here. It's perfect. And then if those little people or something's like, oh fuck, this sucks. You, know? <laughs> you never know. You can you you can never tell what's gonna happen. You just have to basically let go of any of that and just go out there and try to be like real with the people. That's what I'm talking about, the interaction thing. Like I mean, like it's for me it's almost like they're in charge a lot of the time, man. Like Depending on the how the crowd is, that's how good I'm gonna play. Oh shit! You know, like in, I mean, or I mean, maybe not necessarily that. I could play maybe a really good show for like a a very mild, you know, seated audience or something like that. It's kind of weird, but um, <sighs> you know, when like you know, what I'm talking about, like when we walk on stage in Colorado or something, it's like you know this huge enormous like applause before we even play a note it's like holy shit, shit. like yeah. there there's energy in here then it's like all right we gotta bring it you know yeah it makes you up and, it, it ups the game yeah totally mm-hmm. yeah I've, I've experienced it we moved from that's vegas. what i was just gonna say we we grew up we grew up in las vegas which uh you know home's always <laughs> you know awesome but las vegas is different than any other town out there and we grew up seeing shows there. It was always great to go somewhere else to see a show. Like we go to California all the time. Vegas crowds are very weird because there's a lot of people that have comps that don't even know the band they're going to see a lot of the time. And they're really slow <laughs> to warm up. Even some great, you know, dead shows and things. We They're really slow to mm-hmm. warm up. It takes like halfway through the concert before, before like, you feel it kick yeah, in. Yeah, before like they're going. Then we move up here four years ago to the Pacific Northwest. We're in Portland, Oregon. 
And we've gone to a, you know, we got Northwest String Summit up here, Pickathon, you know, all this stuff. It really started introducing us more to bluegrass because we actually got to experience shows like you're talking about where, like last year we went to Northwest String Summit. From the moment you walked in that play, music wasn't even playing and people were dancing around and having fun. And it was just, it's a whole different experience. So as a, I mean, just as a listener and concert goer, venue and the people have a huge play in it and we've seen some of the most fantastic shows ever being up here in the pacific northwest yeah it's like like you said about colorado billy it's like you walk in the room and it's crackling with energy you can feel it like in the room the band hasn't even taken the stage yet and you're looking around at everybody like oh shit it's gonna we're on one tonight it's gonna happen Mm-hmm. yeah and you know if, if the audience has that mentality, oftentimes it does pop off, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like, it's in your hands, you know? Totally. <laughs> like, <laughs> my hands are just on the guitar. So, but yeah, well, it's a, yeah, it's just an interesting thing, man. I, I uh, And it's something that I sort of, I don't know, I really enjoy. Obviously. I, I mean, I, <laughs> yeah. yeah, obviously. I, but it's like I... You know, during this time of quarantine or whatever this is, kind of just chilling at home. Uh, I've been playing some music for, you know, the camera and for live on, live streams and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And it's just not the same. You know, a performance is not just one way. Right. You know, so for, for anyone to sit in their living room and play for a camera... What is a city without its music? The legacy of the New York Philharmonic is incredible. Nearly two centuries of history. That's a lot of music and a lot of stories. I was sitting on stage for the very first time thinking, I can't quite believe this is happening. Join me, Jamie Bernstein, as we explore the history of the New York Philharmonic. It's the NY Phil story made in New York, a podcast about a city, its people, and their orchestra. Listen wherever you get podcasts. I just don't. Mm, yeah, that's, that's I would coming no, back at you. No. I would picture that's just more like practice to you. You do. You're not playing to anybody. There's no vibe <clears throat> coming back. It's it's dead air. It's there, and it's a camera. It. My wife, who is normally on the show with us, her name is Mel. She told me to tell you hello, and she's looking forward to meeting you someday. And she's sorry <laughs> she couldn't be here. She's in Vegas dealing with some family stuff that's going on. But anyway. Um, we were talking and she was like, you know, man, if this whole thing is that's going on, it's really awesome that all the musicians and everybody are doing these streams and doing all the shit that they're doing. But she was like, it's fucked up because all the energy that we give back to them is now filtered through a screen going back to them. And so they're not getting it the way that they normally would. Or if at all, like you're, you're having to rely on comments instead of oh yeah and what you know when i do my thing i don't even see the comments because i'm just using like a camera and some microphone right so it's just like i don't know there's literally nothing coming back that's tough man that you know i i was just saying and we went out did some running around this afternoon and uh we were driving home i was like dude i i can't fucking wait for live music again like it's this (laughs) shit is too much they, uh, Nugs was, you know, they did Del Fest from home this weekend. And, uh, I 
I don't usually like watch our shows or anything. You know, I've never like I don't really sit there and watch a lot of it. A lot of times, whenever it comes on, I'm like, oh, turn it off. You know. <laughs> um, but last night, uh, they showed in, uh, a show of ours, and we had. Frank Sullivan and we had Ronnie McCurry and Sax Squatch and Marcus King all Jesus. sat in and it was just a late night set that was like we played two 90 minute sets that went till like you know 3.30 in the morning or Hell something yeah. and um, it was it's weird because I remember I mean that night I had a blast and like I said I usually don't enjoy hearing myself that much but I watched some of the show from last night God, and it's got me just missing it, you know, because mm-hmm. it was, I mean, Ronnie and Marcus, Marcus was just playing some wicked shit. I'm like, God, wouldn't I love to be there right now? Like just on stage playing rhythm and just listening to Marcus King fucking shred. I think I mean, that for, for all of us that are into the stuff that we're all into, it's really important for us right now to keep that thought in mind what you're talking about that god wouldn't it be good like it's gonna happen again because mm-hmm. at the end of the day billy we we all manifest our own reality man and we just happen to agree that a chair is a chair and a table is a table and if you and i and the other people that understand how shit works a tiny tiny bit can keep those thoughts in our mind i think that we can bring that shit back just by the sheer force of will of positive intent you know what i mean yeah well you know i feel like at some point uh, there's you know no doubt that it's gonna live music will resurface and And, uh it's a necessity you know i really truly believe that it always has been for me yeah i don't know what the fuck i would have done my whole life if i didn't have music you know um i'd be in a ditch for sure. I'd be pissed. I'd be an angry person. It, I wanted to ask yeah. you about that, dude. Like, we all share a, a similar background with um, getting out of doing drugs and shit. And, uh, <laughs> I, you know, I when I was 18, Apple and I have been friends for how long, Apple? Like 32 years? It's, it's, well, I'm going to be 51 on Tuesday, and we met when I was 14. Holy so. shit. We're old. <laughs> Yeah, um, we'd done everything together, including being dumb, dumb drug yeah, addicts. Yeah, strung and, out on meth and strung out on heroin and everything in between, and you know, maybe you it, guys, you both of you two together, you mean? Yeah. Yes. Oh shit! So did you? Uh, were you working together at the time? Um, working is a loose term. Well, yeah, we worked <laughs> on and off several jobs. We always kind of did the same thing. I've been, I've been fortunate enough to have, you know, I, I call it, we call each other brother in the dearest sense of that because we've been through yeah. everything together since we were kids, you know, came from families like a lot of people that went through divorce and some bitterness. So we found each other and found, you know, dope. yeah, and we found dope and stuff to, you know, make yourself feel better, at least at first. And luckily, we were both smart enough to, like, our late 20s to be able to get away from that and realize. Oh, yeah. In fact, I was, you know, you're 27. I was 27 when I went and kind of self-imposed rehab 
and moved. That's the only time in our lives me and him were ever apart. Yeah. <laughs> is I, I, I went to California to the mountains to my mom and stepdad's ranch because I wasn't going to go to rehab and spend a bunch of money. So I went and cleaned out that way and ha- haven't looked back. You know, I I love my cannabis and stuff like that. The stuff that is, yeah. you know, Mother Nature healing, true medicine. Yeah. And it, right. it, I'm just curious, man, like, you know, because you're Billy Strings and we read about you, I know a little bit about your past, but like for me, I know that like getting out of that whole thing, I would have never made it had I not met my girl. Like she saved my life. Literally. She took me, I was homeless on the street shooting dope. She found me and helped me get clean. And we got a life after now with 23 years married. But like, mm-hmm. I would have never done that on my own. I, I, like I said, I had been in a ditch for sure. So I'm just curious, man, like for you, what was it that like made you decide to turn around? Well, I was never really an addict uh, okay. of anything. Um, I was never like strung out. I was, I would, you know, I've done lots of drugs, you know, uh, all of that stuff, but it would be like a little weekend thing. And then I wouldn't touch it again for a long time. Mm, Okay. And, and I've always been that way. Even today, even, you know, if psychedelics or anything, if I tamper with anything, it's like, you know, I'm very careful with that kind of stuff. Uh, my biological father died, uh, when I was a baby and, you know, it was complications to do with heroin and, uh, Oh wow. And, you know, I, when I grew up, I had a real good childhood. But by the time I was a teenager, I was exposed to a lot of substance abuse, um, you know, like meth and, and shit like that. And mm-hmm. you know, a lot of my friends and people that I loved and cared about drifted away and started, you know, getting into heroin and smoking crack and all that shit. And I lost a few friends to stuff like that. And I was, I've always had that sort of mindset um, as even when I was tampering with shit, it's like, okay, this is like, you know, even if it was a bender, like a three day thing, it's like Monday you're done. Like, Whoa. you know, and so I would just be done, you know, and then I'd go sleep and then would not do that again for another six months or a year or two years or never again. Uh, you know, depending on what it was. And, uh, most of that stuff never again. I was going to say, I you're love it. But fuck, I don't have that switch, man. Well, that everybody yeah. always speaks about, I mean, cause you are definitely, it seems like, you know, an old soul beyond your years in your vocals, your playing style. Listen, Sounds like you were listen. smart enough to learn from those around you and what you saw happening to never let That's that the grab thing, man, you. Is I, yeah, I saw all of that, man. I lost, friends of mine like homies that i grew up skateboarding with and shit overdosed on heroin dead you know like suicide uh you know homies sent off to prison for 20 years because he got caught with components you know like shit like that it's just like and i'm going man i don't want to die or go to prison or you know like become this like toothless bum like I want to do something good with my life. And I mean, I was here, like as far as school goes and my grades and getting along with my teachers and that shit, 
I had a handful of teachers who I was very close with. I still love them dearly to this day, but that's it. Otherwise, I didn't get along with them. You know, I was, like I said, when I was that age, a teenager and stuff, middle school, high school, man, I was dealing with a lot more intense shit than algebra problems and stuff. And, you know, like to have, to have some teacher like wagging their finger in my face, you know, because I don't know about fucking E equals MC squared and shit. And I'm trying to figure out where I'm going to stay tonight. And, you know, like, like I fuck you, you know, yeah, I, yeah, fuck I'm this. out. Fuck like, you. Yeah, totally. I'm just like, you know, and so that happened a lot. I dropped out and yada, yada, yada. But I, you know, I, I maybe I got all that shit out of my system uh, pretty early on. And when music came back into my life as a, even when bluegrass music, I should say, came back, came back into my life, it really like set me on a, a better path. You know, there was also a family that I stayed with for a while that, you know, um, Kathy Haney and them, I was like staying with, staying with them. Her son, Benji is like my, one of my best friends. Mm-hmm. And I was, you know, she was like, if you're going to stay here, you got to go back to school and shit, you know, but if, oh, you know, you know, and it's like, all right, I'll go back. And then this time, instead of being the class clown and just being like, you know, hating all my teachers and shit, I was just like looking at the annoying kid in class being like, dude, just shut up and do your work so we can just get through this so shit. get like, out of here, yeah. You know, and I never, never, ever could have passed algebra, you know, like, because I was out, I, I felt behind in eighth grade, like, by the time we got to high school and shit, I was still, I should have been learning the stuff they were in like sixth grade or something. It was like, okay, I'm, I'm way behind because I never paid attention. And now I can't possibly pass this fucking trigonometry and shit. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. Like, okay. So at the time it was like 11th grade and you know, 12th grade, I had this great connection where I could get these, ounces of mushrooms for a hundred bucks and they were great. And so, so that's what I was doing at the time. I was like selling mushrooms and there was this kid in class, you know, so basically what I'm trying to say, I, I had some extra money at the time and, and the kid in class was like, uh, you know, he was smart as hell and he was kind of a good, the good kid in class, but he was mm-hmm. like cool enough. He was cool enough to like, you know, he was like probably tech deck with us and shit and like sit at our lunch table and all that. And I was like, yo, Johnny, like, can you fucking hook me up with these uh, math questions so I can pass, so I can graduate? And he's like, five bucks per assignment. Oh. You know? And, I, and I'm like, 25 bucks a week? So I don't even know how long I paid this kid 25 bucks a week for, you know, the assignments. And um, that's how I passed school, really. Oh, fuck. That's <laughs> fucking funny, man. Hey, that- mushrooms got you through school. <laughs> yeah so they almost got me kicked out a couple times too <laughs> you know the the political map at the front of the class it looks so great you know there's all these different colors and pink lines like rivers and shit like like oh man like, billy what are you doing like six inches away from the map at the front of the class you've never oh, seen shit. this shit it's beautiful <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm trying to learn these tributaries Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, school was, you know, weird. And then, uh, somewhere along, I swear the music really helped me out of it because it gave me something to focus on. And like, eventually I was like, you know, 
I started seeing, like I, I've always seen my friends sort of go down with, with that kind of shit, whether they drink too much or whatever. And it's just like, damn. And I started kind of observing that, you know, just realizing, man, that ain't where I want to be. These people have a lot of trouble, man. They got a lot of hard times, you know, they go through a lot of shit because of that, you know? And it's like, if you just took this one thing out of the equation, bro, alcohol, take it, take it right out of the equation. You're good to go. Now check out your life. You know, it's like you wouldn't be fighting with your girlfriend. You wouldn't be, you know, like this or that. You wouldn't have crashed your car. You know, you wouldn't be on probation, you know, like all this shit. And it's like, so I, I started observing that and I still drank, uh, up until, uh, it was like June 16th, 2016 was the last time I got drunk because we had, and, and again, I was never, uh, I'm not like an alcoholic or anything. Right. I didn't like take it. I would occasionally take it too far on certain instances and end up with a bad hangover. That's what led me to, to quitting because that jeopardized my gig. Right. Um, because I got, you know, it was like we had this great gig in North Carolina one night and it was just amazing. And it was like, let's go celebrate. And just, you know, we went out to the bar and I was like buying rounds for everybody. And we had like five hours to drive to the next gig the next day. And we had sound check at three. So, when I woke up at the hotel the next morning, we got in the car and I couldn't stop throwing up. And like, mm. we were so late for our gig that we got there basically in time to set up and play. And, you know, like that was stupid to me. Like, I don't, I, that's not professional, you know? And at that moment, I've never, I've literally never taken another sip of alcohol since that day. God damn, man. Hell yeah. Yeah. Congratulations uh, on that. Yeah, that, brother. Alcohol is a, ba- a bad one. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah it's just, I, I couldn't see it helping me in any way. Like, um, you know, like even I've always been about how I, how I treat people and how my entire crew treats people and how we come across as far as our attitudes and stuff, you know, mm-hmm. like I, I care about that. That's important to me. I learned that when I started hanging out with Dale McCurry, uh, you know, yeah. like he, tre- he, him and his entire family, they treat everybody so kind. And that's important because like, you know, that's what I wanted for my camp anyways, is for, you know, we show up to a festival and we play a set and we take off and the, you know, everybody goes, wow, that, that, that was, those guys were nice, yeah. you know, and that's I, what we'd, it's all we'd love about. to, ha- you know, that, those guys were, you know, they were nice. Everybody was nice. There was no bullshit. I mean, I even, like I really enjoy the opportunities to take the high road when, when certain, uh, you know, turbulence arrives on tour. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I invite that. And it's like, um, I just, try, I want everybody to stay calm and stay cool. You know, and I've, I have not always been the perfect example of that, especially within the band. You know, there's been moments where I've had spats with, uh, band members and stuff, and that was a whole different story. But I that's think that's just I was, relationships. That's the way life is. You nothing's perfect, man. Yeah, yeah, it's true. But I, I was like kind of over functioning at a point, and <laughs> it it was getting to me. It was like, you know, it's was, it was weird. Well, <laughs> you know, man, that's I think one of the most important and hardest lessons to learn <clears throat> is to be kind. And, and when you finally get what that really means, 
and start to like kind of live it and and do that with your life you see that like things get a little bit easier as far as like interacting with others and the way that your life goes and it's a it's like you're saying like to take the high road in those situations when things get hectic and weird that's really um it's not an not an easy thing to to come to at 27 years old dude it's just not yeah or you know i mean at like when i i guess shit i've been doing this for a little while but um you know back then like you know when i quit drinking and shit it was just like i didn't want to let's say i'm at some festival or something and i'm all drunk and then something happens and how do i handle myself then you know like mm. I need to be there not, or let's say I finish a show and I'm wasted and a fan comes up to me and says, Billy, we really enjoyed your show. You know, can me and my son get a picture? Um, and I'm wasted. How does that seem? You know? Right. Like it it just shows your mindset. Well, yeah. I I mean, I've been pretty dedicated to the, the music thing. Like when I quit my day job, you know, when I was like 19 and went on tour and shit, I just, I mean, that's that's the only reason I was able to just be like, okay, I'm not going to drink anymore because I got something better to do. Like, you know, I I have something more important that I have to focus on. You know, I need to get better at guitar. I don't care what you guys say. Like, there's I'm nowhere near where I would like to be. I mean, do you still feel you like know? that? Oh, absolutely, man. Have you ever heard Jack Pearson play? Yep. I sure have. Yes, I have. (laughs) I think, too, part of it, man, is like having those older Americana cats around you to to like that. That older generation is is steeped in respect respect for yourself and for the music and others. You you have listening to you, Billy. You have a very, very awesome, deep respect for yourself and others. I hear that coming through. You hear it in your music. Uh, just, just <laughs> congratulations, dude. <laughs> I, I mean, you're, you're Good job for being, on life. yeah. And still, like you just said, we hear from many, many musicians that, you know, if you get to that point where you're like, eh, I don't got nothing to learn. I'm the best that's, you know, then what's the point, you know, just, yeah. I'd love to hear you being open like that and, and just keep oh, improving. Yeah. Blows I mean, my mind to think what you may do as you keep improving, but <laughs> Man, you you got this, dude! Wow. Yeah, yeah. we've just been fooling them this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> no, I got to say, what one dude? I teared up the other night listening. I had not caught it until the other night. Uh, you uh, Capitol Theater back in January. You know, we're deadheads, and uh, like you, another thing I admire about you is you love all music. I love, you know, I come from a metal background, love death metal, all all the genres. But you did a cover of Warfrat at Capitol Theater that had me sitting on the porch just like bawling like a little that girl. weeping like tears of joy and goosebumps, dude. I just amazing because Grateful Dead is very dear to us, and a lot of times you hear people that will uh, tribute them and stuff, and it and, you know it just falls a little short or something. But but that was one of the most amazing Warfrats I've ever heard, and. Uh, yeah. Just thank you for that. Thank you for sharing yourself with us. Yeah, man. Thank you, man. I really appreciate you saying that. Um, I don't know. We just learned it that day. 
Are you fucking wow. kidding me, man? Really? Come on. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean that's how we usually do a lot of shit. It's like, um, wow, that's you know, even we cool. Ready to play like, yeah, I mean we'll get together before the gig, and a lot of times when I write a set list. In fact, before we got cut off, we hadn't played a gig. Every gig we've played this year so far, we've debuted a song, a cover of some sort. So, and we were planning on keeping that going. Um, so I don't know what to have, you know, it's just like, uh, we got, you know, Warfrat was the one for the night of, of Capitol Theater because that's where it was debuted, I think. Oh. And Dark Star. Oh shit! Yeah, I know wow. Dark Star for sure. But yeah, that that makes sense, man. That that place is steeped in Grateful Dead groove. Yeah, so I just thought it would be a great tune to play there. And then uh, as we started playing it in the green room, and the band started really getting it and stuff, and we're all learning the parts. It's just like, wow, this feels great. And I'm just, I don't know. I really enjoyed singing that song. It's a great song, and. Um, that whole intention thing that I was talking about earlier, that's mm-hmm. a great song for that. Yes. It's a great song for that because it's a story and you can really go somewhere else and get involved in the story and pretend, you know, that you are this old guy August down by the West. docks, you know? Yeah. yeah, man. Yeah. So with your writing and the stories that you write, because I've heard from other musicians, like they say, like the song is alive, like it's like giving birth to a kid. And so, like, playing it night after night over time, do those characters and, and people in the stories start to change in your mind? Do they, do they like, gather more flesh? Um, you mean for all songs or just original music? Just, yeah, well, all songs. Um, yeah, I think no matter what, if a song has any, if it's any sort of ballad, like any story, you know, like that, I, that, those are the best to like perform. They're fun to play because you, like I said, you can envision stuff. When I was a little kid, you know, I would do songs like Wild Bill Jones or Little Sadie mm. or, you know, those kind of songs. And I could, it was like watching a Western movie in my head. Oh yeah. You know, like you could envision the story, you know? And so when you're singing them, you really do that. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, my you dad know, used like, to sing El Paso to me all the time, man. And you yeah, know exactly and you're what just, you're talking about. And you're just like, when you're a little kid and you're so impressionable, you're like, wow, this is a, it's like, this song is so good for a sprout that it's, uh, it's like watching a movie, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, I love songs like that. Fuck yeah. that That's like one of my favorite parts of music. It, I mean, besides, we'll take the jam part of it out. The storytelling and the that the magic of the movie in my head is so fucking rad. You don't get that anywhere else. It's it because it's all your trip that's happening. Totally, man. And and everybody else is different. You know, um, it's like everybody has a different version of what Rose's Cantina looks like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and what the horse looks like outside. You know, yeah, like, totally. yeah, is there like a, is there like a neon sign or is it like a Adobe, like run down, like dusty, you know, like what's going on? Is there serape, you know, uh, tablecloths over the, the tables there? Or, you know, like, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds like you do have an idea. Yeah. It, 
I, I'm curious too, man, like for me, I didn't find bluegrass till later, later in life. I mean, being in the Grateful Dead world, of course, David Grisman and, and, you know, Jerry and all that, but that was like as far as I went and it, cause it, it seemed too mature for me, I think at the time. And so I'm curious for you, like what was the attraction to bluegrass for you, man? Well, my dad played it, you know, and, uh, he, yeah, he's a great player. And, uh, uh, you know, I told you earlier that my father died. I'm talking about my dad, the the guy who raised me ever since I was a baby, Terry Barber and the guy who taught me how to play and, you know, um, a wonderful man and I owe him everything. Um, yeah, Yeah, super badass. But yeah, he, man, he, he taught me all that stuff when I was little and he got me into it. He never pushed it on me. He made it seem like it was cool. Like my dad would be at like parties and stuff, you know, everybody'd be hanging out. My parents would have some friends over, everybody smoking a couple of joints, having a couple of beers. And my dad's playing songs in the kitchen all night long, you know, until he's, his face is turning red, you know, like, <laughs> and, and, and everybody's, gathered around just having a good time like yeah terry play another one man and you know and it's just like man my dad's fucking cool oh yeah you know like my dad's fucking badass dude he's got everybody around gathered around he's playing songs and shit beatles songs doc watson songs bluegrass music all sorts of shit he's a badass dude he is a total badass but uh you know and i noticed that when i was a little kid and, and when i was like you know four five six years old that's all I wanted to do is be just like him. Like, if he wore Levi's, I wore Levi's. If he wore a ball cap, I wore a ball cap. Like, you know, uh, my dad was, and he still is, you know, he's my hero and one of my best friends, oh, and man. I love him. He's, he's just a, a great dude. And, and so, yeah, man, when I was little, he taught me all about that stuff. And like I said, it never seemed, it just seemed so cool. Like, yeah. when I was, like, a five, six, seven-year-old kid, I was, like, friends with a bunch of, like, 60 year old dudes and shit because I played bluegrass, you know? <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Right. You know, I, one of the coolest things that I've seen you do lately, and it was a trip, man. Like, I just lost my dad last year at the end of the year. And uh, right around that time, I saw videos of you and your dad playing together. And I saw where you gave him a guitar. And man, it just like, it hit me at just the right time because I had just lost my dad. Like, I get what you mean about Pops being your hero and wanting to be just like them when you're a little kid, man. And, like, how did that feel for you to be able to, like, take him with you on the road and, like, give him a guitar and, like, do all that with him and for him? Anytime I get to, you know, hang out with my dad, uh, you know, there's a, a great bond that we share to music. Mm. I mean, that's like one of the things that we've been real tight about my entire life. It's like he taught me about all the music that I like. And so like, you know, later on in life, you know, like this one time we, uh, I was playing in like Cleveland or something and I was opening up for Del McCurry and David Grisman. Now my dad, when I was like seven years old, he sat, he like called me from across the house and sat me down and was like, yo, sit down. I'm like, what, am I in trouble or something? And he's like, 
this is David Grisman. You need to know this, you know? And he literally, I remember him saying those exact words. This is David Grisman. You need to know this. You need to know this. And because he just got a mandolin, and he was all stoked about mandolin hit recently. He was like, this is dog. You need to know. So fast forward a bunch of years. Uh, you know, we're playing somewhere. I'm opening up for dog and Dell and <laughs> mom and dad, you got to come, you know, I can introduce you to dog, you know, cause oh, I've wow. met dog a few times before this. So, so mom and dad came and, you know, I brought him in the green room, dad, you know, this is David Grisman. You ought to know him, you know, <laughs> oh, and it, shit. and it's, and it's just like, you know, wow. And then, so they, you know, get to talking and, Dog gets his mandolin out. Next thing you know, me, my dad, Del McCurry, and David Grisman are sitting there picking for like a while. <laughs> and it was just incredible, you know. And then like later that night, uh, you know, we got back to the hotel and my dad was like like a little kid on Christmas or something. Like I've never even heard him like giggle like that, you know. <laughs> it's just like he was, oh, dude, that's he so was great. So stoked. Yeah, and so you know, that kind of stuff, like, when I was able to give him the guitar, it's this big, full, like, full circle thing, you know? It's like, because of you, I picked up the guitar when I was a kid. Because of you, the guitar has kept me out of trouble and given me something to focus on, you know? Because mm -hmm. of you, I've made a living with it, and I have a good life, and I'm happy. And, I, you know, because of you... I was able to make those hard decisions like quitting, quit drinking and stuff, you know, because of the love of music, because of you, you know, like that I've got from you, the, the bonds that I shared, you know, that we shared. It's just like music is really important to me. And oh, it goes shit. back to that bond that I have with my father. I think that's why it comes through, man. It, it really does. It, it, it shines through the music that, that level of respect and and appreciation that you're talking about right now that vibe comes through the music when you play man and i think aside from you being just a master at picking like i think that's the thing that a lot of us are picking up on out here is that genuine the love that's coming through and it's it's a beautiful thing to behold, man. It really is. It's it's yes. it's rare in this world to see stuff like that. And and for those of us that appreciate beautiful shit, that is unique and and special, dude. And to hear you say that about your dad and be able to put it in those terms, it really does make sense to me your music and and what that feeling is when I listen now. It makes it makes a lot more sense. And so, dude, I just, wow, Billy, you're, you're a fucking trip and you're rad, dude. And, and I'm, I wish, you know, like I feel proud for you. So do just, I. just being an older dude, like, God, I wish I could have had my fucking head together at 27. You know, uh, I don't know. I just, um, maybe I grew up really young. I think was the thing too, you know, like by the time I was 13 and shit, Man, I don't know. I've always been like that. Like, I, I was hanging out with my older brother and his friends. Like, I always thought the people that were my age were, like, kind of immature, you know? Yeah. And so it's like I grew up really quick, you know? Like, by the time I was 
15 and shit. I was already just like couch surfing and getting drunk and shit, mm. fucking trying drugs. And, you know, so it didn't take much longer after that for that to get kind of old. You know, not, not much longer, like only, you know, <laughs> uh, <laughs> 10 more years or something. <laughs> <laughs> and there's still the occasional thing in there but you know whatever okay before we go i want to ask you one last thing man my wife asked me a question the other day and when she asked it to me i was like i'm gonna ask billy strings this one when we talk because i couldn't answer it okay so here we go now take out touring and and all that like you have no agenda this day all right what does your perfect day look like Um, keep in mind, I couldn't fucking answer it. So. <laughs> I was going to say this. Wow. I mean, usually the the most perfect days that I've had was with friends, um, camping or kayaking or, you know, something like that in the woods with the, you know, the magical days that really have stood out. Like uh, my perfect day. You know, there was this one time on the river, man, where we all, you know, took a hit of acid and floated down and the sun was shining and it was just that, you know, those are the perfect days. I laid on a bed of pine needles in the forest and I was studying a pine cone and we were listening to this, um, I can't remember what jam it was, but you know, it was the dead and it was really cool what the music did to me. It was like, it was like the music was a big foggy storm and Jerry was just playing this one note that just kept being like, Ping! and it was like a light. It was, you know, he was the, the notes that he was playing was like a lighthouse in the middle of a storm. Yeah. Headlight on a northbound train. Yeah. Like, a, you know, for us to guide, to guide us, you know, and possibly the rest of the band back to safety. Yeah. That's a you just but, dude, that sounds like a perfect fucking yeah, that, day to me. Yes. <laughs> Shit. Yeah, it it was a, you know a, a great day, you know. And so that I'm thinking about trying to go camping soon, maybe like next week or something. Um, just go out in the woods somewhere and pitch a tent and sit by the river for a couple nights and uh, fucking forget about it, you know. Yeah, man. I'm, yeah, I'm with you with Mother Nature. Now, and now I know how to answer the question. Thank you for that. <laughs> when she gets home from Vegas, I'll tell her. Um, <laughs> Uh, is there anything that you need to promote before we take off or, um, are you just, Oh yeah, right man, now? I got tons of gigs lined up. Dude, we're next week. <laughs> we're playing at the, <laughs> I mean, playing like in my bathroom, Instagram in my live bathroom. or some shit. I don't know, man. Yeah. So <laughs> next, next week I'm going to play in the bathroom and then the next day after that I'll do the kitchen. Right. I'm going to go on tour. And then we'll do the tour of the whole house. The basement will be the fucking finale. <laughs> yeah, dude. All right, Billy. Thank you, man. Hey, um, we're going to stay on the line. I'm going to stop recording. I want to want to tell you something on not on the air. Okay? Cool. All right, yeah. Man. We'll talk to you soon. Here we go. I'm going to hit stop.
nothing lost and nothing found Friends and loved ones falling down Can't you hear that mournful sound? Nothing left but memories Things I still can't stand to see There's an empty spot in me Where my hometown used to be This old world is taking water Won't be long till it goes down Had enough to push us over Left to decay People died or walked away There's nowhere left for them to stay And we just looked the other way This old blood is taking water It won't be long till it goes down Had enough to push us over Time to turn the wheel around
dwellers in fear. We've traveled this road before, so we may think. But it's a tad bit of strange similarities that feed an A equal A complex. The fears of your past do not equal the perplexities of the current road. I want to tell you about the April-May 2023 issue of Relics Magazine. It features a Dave Matthews Band cover story with additional articles and interviews with The National, Graham Nash, Wayne Shorter, ALO, Ivan Neville, our friend Eric Krasno and Stanton Moore, Marty Stewart, and much more. Check out the latest version of Relics and subscribe now at relics.com slash DMB. Thanks, Relics. Bowie, Dylan, Marley. You've heard the names and maybe you've heard their songs, but what about the stories behind the records that made titans of music like these so universally loved and important? Join me, Josh Adam Myers, host of The 500, as each week I go through a different album from Rolling Stone Magazine's 500 Greatest Albums list from 2012 with an incredible lineup of comedians, actors, and musicians talking about how the music has impacted their lives. New episodes of The 500 come out every Wednesday. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts.